This is the Veteran Trash Talk Hour, hosted by Nick, Dave, and Joe. As we prepare for Memorial Day, grab your drink and raise it high as we honor those who made the ultimate sacrifice for our nation. Hey, what's up, Trash Talkers? Welcome to another episode of Veteran Trash Talk. It's going to be a little bit different of a show tonight. Not as much trash talk. I'll take a little bit more serious. We'll introduce our guest more in depth later into the show. But with us is Jason Wheeler and our unpaid intern, Buddy Beckwith. And with us, as always, is Joe and Dave. And we are excited to have you all, all you guys here. We had a resiliency coach that was going to come on today, and she actually suffered from a heat, a heat stroke yesterday, searching for that lost hiker in Hawaii. So she's a, uh, we hope that Karen gets better than our prayers are with her. Big shout out to our veteran trash talk team. The guys behind the scenes, you got Suds, you got Matt, you got Andrew, you got uh, Perry, you know, they're the guys behind making it all happen. So that us, you know, us, the talent can get famous. You know what I mean? That, that's, that's who, that's what really is going to bring in the money. So let's get into the thick of things. Dave's actually going to start us off with a with a soapbox today. And so we'll say cheers and then stay on. When we cut, there's going to be about a four-minute video that's going to, you know, honor the guys that we're talking about today. So cheers, guys. Glad to have you on the show. It's on to you, Dave. Hey, what up, Trash Talk? Thanks for tuning in. Um, so obviously it's Memorial Day, so a lot of thoughts running through my mind. Um, we've had a lot of fun on this show so far. You know, we shared combat stories here. We've promoted veteran-owned businesses. And we've had our last and some intense moments. But, guys, let's not forget what this weekend is about, specifically Monday. For some, it's a day off work. I mean, shit, who doesn't like days off work, right? But for some, this weekend is filled with pain and tears. Memorial Day is meant to honor those that paid that ultimate sacrifice. The ones that raised that right hand and said, it is who I will defend. And if required, lay down my life for the United States of America. And today we're going to talk about some of our fallen brothers. So we continue to honor them and keep their legacy going. Rest in peace, guys. These warriors you're getting ready to hear about today paid that ultimate sacrifice. The pain of loss is at times unbearable. Grief is fucking complicated emotion and affects us all in different ways. But I can say for myself, guys, and I've been there, it always helps to talk to somebody about that grief instead of keeping it in. That's why we've created this page, because when you keep it in, then your mind goes into those dark places and they fucking suck. I've been there myself. So I'm asking anyone who's watching this, reach out to a veteran. Sometimes just sitting down and engaging with a veteran or with families who have gone through that pain of losing a loved one goes a long way. You'd be surprised how many veterans live in your freaking communities who bear psychological and physical scars of war. Long story short, I'm honored to be surrounded by my brothers on this day. And if we can continue to build this community for our fallen brothers and sisters and provide an outlet, fucking mission accomplishment. Over to you, Nick. Okay, thanks, Dave. I mean, wow. It's it's never really hard following Dave. But Dave Dave showed a you know a lot of resilience in his Ali like return to the soapbox after his previous knockout. And we all have another uh, redemption story tonight too, as we got, you know, Buddy Beckwith. Hopefully he his redemption story. Kind of, kind of sticks, sticks hard, just like Dave's just did. So my soapbox is kind of all over the place tonight, but it'll get, it'll get serious pretty quick. 
Uh, tonight, we, like Dave said, we honor our fallen. And then also the Gold Star Mothers. There's a, there's a few of them watching tonight. And we just want to say cheers to you. All right, cheers to the Gold Star Mothers and Fathers. And we love you and we'll support you with anything you need. As we talk about suicide as well, and I know that there's people that are watching, we've all experienced suicide in many different ways. And some people, it's their brother, some people, it's their sister, some people, it's their daughters, you know, uncles, whatever it may be. And, and as you grow up, and as, and as I was younger, I would get so mad about suicide. I would, I, would, I would just get so mad at the person, you know, who did it. And it's almost like I don't want to... I don't want to put him in the same category, him or her in the same category as somebody who, you know, died in combat, you know, and that, that's what would go through my head. But as I grew up and as I started to realize, you know, they just lost a different kind of battle. They, they lost a the battle and a lot of them, they come home, they wonder why they're home and their buddies aren't and they struggle with it every day. And it, it's like that now what's actually starting to irritate me more than the actual act of suicide is this 2020, guys? Like, we can connect just like that. And we have a trash talk page. I mean, there's people on our page that I've never met before that I get into the 15, 20 comment, you know, little little spats with them. And I, I know they're having fun. I'm having fun. But they got somebody to talk to. So get on the page. Share your stories with us. You know, share the, share the guys that we want to honor this weekend and that we want to honor on Monday. Before I get to honoring Dutch, I want to reiterate that before you try to hurt yourself, like I said, reach out, man, talk, just freaking talk. And I want to talk about self-esteem a little bit. And me being an extremely confident guy, you know, about, I pretty much wanted everything I've done. And, but there were times that I've been, I've had a low self-esteem and I can count them on my hand, but all those times I had a low self-esteem, I made a, a freaking really stupid mistake every single time. Every single time I got selfish, I thought about myself, and I made I, I took myself out of the problem by saying that it's it's someone else's, you know, and that there's nothing that nothing that matters anymore and all kind of stuff. Now it didn't go into suicidal for me, but every pretty much every dumb thing I've ever done in my life that's really been damaging to other people has been because of my self-esteem. So we get it, guys and girls, we got it. We understand. Uh, we've been there. So when you're feeling dark, you ain't alone. Come talk to us. And then with the civilians on, on Memorial Day, they have a day off. They have a weekend off. They, we love it. And I want them to party. I want, I want them to have barbecues. I want them, you know, to say, hey, thank you for your service. And, you know, because that gives you the opportunity to say, well, thank you for your support. And remind them that Memorial Day, hey, here's a name. Drink to this guy because that's what Memorial Day is for. Drink to that. Be a steward of the brotherhood, right, of the sisterhood. Don't be that jack wagon that turns the day into you, all right? The day is not about you, right? It's not about me. It's not about Buddy, all right? It's, it's about the Gold Star moms and dads. It's about the fallen. And the resiliency, you know, trick is put it in perspective, right? Memorial Day isn't any really different to me than it is any other day. And just like one of these guys, I carry with me every single day. When I go to sleep, I see their faces. You know, when I hear booms at nighttime, you know, like you see them. So 
it's hard, but you know, we gotta, you gotta put it into perspective. And it's like, did you bury your son today? You know, did you bury your daughter? You know, most of us are gonna say no, right? And there, are, but there are people that say yes to that, and that's who we honor. Right? So, so the problems you're going through, the buddies you lost, it, it's terrible. It hurts everybody. But think about the mom. Think about the dad. They had to bury their son or daughter. And all you're going to do is attach more death to that name for that family and then put that family through all the hurt that, and then your family through the same hurt that they've been struggling with. So I don't think we can stop suicide, but if we don't do anything about it, it's stupid. So we're going to try, we're going to try our best. And part of that too, you know, is to honor Dutch, honor the guys that have fallen. So this story that I'm about to tell you, I've only told to about three people in my life. I've kept it kind of, kind of in. And there's certain times that, you know, my wife would ask me, why did you buy rolling rock today? You know? And it's like, well, that's, that was Dutch's drink. That was Staff Sarnessus's drink. And so that's why I drink. Let me tell you about uh, Staff Sarnestes for a little bit. We're going to kind of go back and forth in time with the story. There was, he's a, he was awarded the Silver Star for his actions in combat that day that he lost his life. And there was an explosion. And people will talk about it maybe a little bit later. There was an explosion and a Humvee was decimated. Two of the people were blown up. Two of our fellow brothers were blown out of the Humvee and they were, and they were on fire. And so Dutch, obviously without hesitation, you know, he's up there. He's up there right away. And I, I didn't see it. I wasn't there. It was a different platoon. And they, uh, you know, but his gear was melting as he was trying to pull the guys away. That's how hot it was. They had the rounds going off. And he, and he, and he got in there and he got, he got them away. He got them. He got Staff Sergeant Stanley. You know, he put the flames out, had them ready to go. You know, just an absolute hero. And that's where I'm going to stop right there. So as he, as he put out the flames and he had them ready to go, I'll stop there and come back to it later. For I'm sure Joe's got the same opinion as me on this, but we have two we had two guys that on the show today that were staff sergeant stand. And when I got to 2P, when I got with those guys, the staff sergeants were giants. They were absolute giants to us. And there was nothing I would do to upset one of them. Uh, there was there, there was nothing I would do to you know be rude to them. I mean, they just they walked on water to me. I was like, man, those are the guys that I'm going to be someday, and maybe even pass them up. So they were mentors to us, and like I said, two of them are on here tonight. Now Dutch, will go back to the deployment before this before he was killed. It was real early in the deployment. And these big monsters of the men, staff sergeants, you know, mortars would start coming down. You know, we got mortared every day. And I didn't know what the hell it was. You know, like, but these, you sometimes you'd see these guys just standing outside watching it. You know, and I'm like, these guys are crazy. Like, stuff blowing up everywhere, you know. And I'm like, man, what am I supposed to do? I, do I got to stand out there too? Like, I ain't standing out there. I'm figuring mortar rounds landing. You know, but they obviously had the experience to know that, you know, that they weren't close, you know, they weren't zeroed in yet. 
anything like that. So I, I shit you not, I go outside to, I go outside smoking Miami and I'm sitting right in between the third platoon and second platoon shoes. And all of a sudden I, I, you hear him launch, you know, you hear the doom, 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 doom. And I'm like, all right, I'm, I'm, dude, I'm tough today. You know, I'm going to stand out here and I'm going to be a man and I'm going to watch these mortars land. Right. Well, they were mortars and they were also rockets. And when it was in slow motion to me, but as Dutch came around the corner and I'm like, I kind of put my chest up a little bit like, yeah, here comes dude. Yeah, I'm a little cool. You know, he, I can, like I said, I see it in slow motion and his, his, his mouth is like calling me like bad words and you know, you're this, you're that. And then he hit me, he hit me with like the Undertaker's choke slam grip. Right. And uh, like, and like I said, this is all slow motion to me. And he picks me up with one arm and he puts me on the ground and then drags me into his chew. And a, a millisecond after that door closed, it felt like the ground went out from under us. It felt like, like, I mean, everything went like loud and dusty. And when we went outside, you know, an 82 millimeter mortar had landed precisely where I was standing. Exactly. All right. So, you know, he, he knew they were close, you know, and, and I, I, I thought I was going to be tough. And, he, you know, he saved my life. So his mom and I have talked. We used to play some words with friends. And we've talked for years. And when, you know, she, she asked me, I, I tell her the story. I, I tell her it all the time. And whenever my daughter, I, I send her pictures of my daughters. You know, when you know, they wouldn't be here. That's simple. And then with the rolling rocks, what's helped, what's helped uh, in the past is with the airborne and ranger community, you kind of get attached to the same people for most of your career. So I was stationed with Ed Lee for about nine years of my career. And every March 5th, He'd come over to my, he'd come over to my house and we'd grill steaks, you know, and we'd, we'd get rolling rocks, we'd get Dr. Pepper for Perkins, you know, and we'd have drinks and, you know, we could share, we could talk. And we, but again, like Dave said earlier, there's so many veterans in your community that don't talk to anybody about it. And I was looking up the suicide rates from World War II veterans and, we're, we're a lot higher than them, you know, and it kind of goes into, they had something to deal with called the Great Depression before they had a war, so they might have been a little bit more tougher in facing adversity, but there was still a very high rate then, and, and it was relatively the same in 2001 before the Everlong War started, and these guys were deploying back to back to back to back, and they, it's just too much. And the, the being quiet for the World War II guys, the tough guys, it didn't work either. It didn't work for them. Their, their stats are out there for how many of them killed suicide. But, you know, back to, back to Dutch. So there's the boom. There's the explosion. And there, he was there. And what he, he had, you can read the story. I'll post it. I'll post the story on our page after this. For a silver star, but they he had he had put when he got him on the stretcher ready to go for a Kazvac, 
and he had himself in that immense heat and the rounds going off. He had put himself on another on another explosion, another IED, and a secondary explosion, you know. And then he was he was KIA. So if you're having a if you're having a party this weekend, today, tomorrow, Sunday, you know, raise a beer, have fun, have a great time, you know, raise it to Dutch, raise it to these guys that we talk about. And then for the veterans, don't make it about you. All right, if it's alcohol, I love alcohol. I'm not, I'm gonna drink. But if you drink too much and start getting stupid, because you're making the day about you and you're taking you're taking it away. If a civilian says happy Memorial Day, just say thank you. Right? Just say thank you. Don't don't be a jerk. You know, don't make the day about you. That's all I ask. Because this day is about Dutch. This day is about Diane, his mother. Uh the day's about all of them. And so cheers to Dutch. And my daughters are here because of you, and I love you. So on to you, Joe. Well, um, I love how the first thing out of, out of Nick's mouth was it's not going to be hard following Dave. Well, I can't say the same for following Nick. Um, but uh, I knew that was going to be uh, – I knew that was going to be powerful, and I I I knew how uh, how highly regarded uh, Dutch was to to all of us, like Nick said. Um, and uh, you know, I if it's emotional or if it's being soft, it, it, whatever. I I don't know any other way to say it, but like Wheeler was one of the guys. I you know I looked up to all those guys, and uh, you know i think i think a lot of it was that we we respected first platoon so much um you know they they had a nickname they were called the bastards like we you know and there was a lot of trash talk back and forth but i knew i wanted to be like those guys um and uh it, it it's so in in the in some settings it'd be called fraternization but you know in that deployment setting where we were it, it it was just us. So you 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 forge these bonds, and you forge these uh th these reports with people that maybe you didn't go outside the wire with that guy every day, but he was the breath of fresh air when you came back in because you guys uh, shared something similar about back home or whatever it was to keep your mind um, at peace and and and. Um, and learn something while you were at it. And, and I truly believe, and I'll say this to the day I die, and I'm sure there's um, anybody that was deployed with a great unit, which is, that's exactly what Task Force Two Panther was. And uh, I, I firmly believe that like, that was one of the greatest groups of NCOs um, you, you could ever have in such a small uh, group. Uh, the E6 is... Um, like Nick said, we, we thought they walked on water, you know, we wanted to be where they were at. And, uh, you know, we haven't even really gotten into it because, you know, it just hasn't come up, but, you know, Dave was my first team leader. Um, Nick was, Nick was a guy I chased because he, you know, even if, even if I may have had an edge on him and I'm sure he's going to shake his head right now, he wouldn't let you know it. And, and we challenged each other and we always wanted to be better. And, um, guys like Estes and guys like Stan and Wheeler and uh, um, the, uh, the guy I'm going to talk about were, were, were people we uh, had held in the utmost respect and, and just um, 
Nick and I were also, you know, we were new to uh, we were new to the 82nd Airborne Division altogether. So we stepped into a family, and uh, Dave probably got tired of dropping me and making me do push-ups before I realized the way they do it in the 82nd. Um, because Nick can tell you, I got my ass kicked quite a bit when I first started because uh, um, I thought I'd walk into the 82nd and just kind of handle business the way um, I knew how to. And um, shoot, it was probably about an hour before Dave was in, in my room saying, wait, is that how you announce when a sergeant walks in? Well, I've been in a training uh, unit. So I'm like, wait, what? And I mean, he, he dropped me instantly. But it was because of the standard that Charlie Company two panther held itself to and i honestly uh still still believe when i got in first platoon was the standard in charlie company and we talked a lot of shit but we 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 definitely um tried to follow uh the lead that we that um uh, uh, the example that they set for us and uh there's uh so many things by so many people that can be said about march 5th and that is um not um what i'm gonna do today i mean we um i'm, I'm here to talk about justin rollins and um yes it is true he was on that um he was on that mission he was first truck um and uh he was k almost um instantly and um you know that that's not what i want to focus on though i want i want to focus on the day he was born until march 5th because if you didn't um get to meet justin rollins or you didn't get to share a room with them then uh i'm sorry because uh he was uh an anomaly type personality i mean in a combat theater he was a walking sitcom and if you think like oh okay well he was the class clown well he was also a freaking warrior you know and he's also my you know one of my relatives told me, you know, um, say something about the Purple Heart, you know, say something about the fact that you got one. And I said, well, um, and hello, Nelly, I love you. But uh, I said, every one of us on there has got one. You know, that, that, you know, she goes, well, talk about how diverse that metal can be and the fact that you got to collect one. And, and some of your brothers did not. And that's a, that, that's very true. You know, that, I think to the guys that got it, like me, uh, Dave and Nick, it, it doesn't, it doesn't mean anything like those guys did, um, at all. You know, we joke around and call ours the enemy marksmanship badge. Um, these guys laid down their life, and and honestly, to the day that I, uh, to the day that I meet my maker, I'll firmly believe that one of them did that for me, and it's our job, and it's my responsibility to the day I die to shout their story as loud as I possibly can to as many people as I possibly can, because they deserve that much. Because like Nick said about his, uh, about his little girls, uh, who, who knows if I would have been out in the front yard, um, kicking a soccer ball. And yes, Dave, I kicked a soccer ball around, um, with my, with my son and my, Hey, Nick, we had a, we had a soccer match in Iraq. So don't act like you didn't do it. Uh, but, uh, you know, who, who knows if we'd be here doing this, um, and uh, I mean, we saw we saw quite a bit over there, and and we never had a day as bad as that. And uh, it it tore us up that we had to watch um, what happened to such a great platoon happen, and we couldn't be there. But um, it, it was an, it was an incredible group of men, 
and I'm going to go ahead and um, get into the story that I came here to tell uh, because I could uh, I could get my eyes red real quick. Um, I, I, I got no shame in the fact I'm, I'm far enough removed from the military to where uh, getting choked up and having a frog in my throat about it is uh, that's that's talking about it. Um, you know, I got a um, tattoo with those guys name on my back. And the, honestly, the only reason that I did it is because of how profound I said I never would have been around a group of men that did something more important in my entire life. And they did it um, in part for me. And uh, so I, I remember my, my father, who's been uh, supportive of everything I've done, even if it was something different than the path that he took. He doesn't have a single tattoo on him. I, I'll never forget it. He was very supportive of it and said, uh, with all due respect, is that, are, are you sure you want to carry that with you for the rest of your life? And uh, I said, too late. You know, that, 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 that horse done left the barn. Um, that's there. And uh, I, I feel like a portion of my life is owed to those men. So um, I'm going to go ahead and get into the story I came to tell about Justin. And, it's, and it is definitely an incredible one. And if you've seen anything about him or the good-looking guy with the white teeth and the beard over there, Jason Wheeler, you've probably seen uh, uh, something about this documentary. But I'm going to go ahead and tell you. Um, every... Every base, I think, where we were at had a base dog. That like the only one because they they run in packs over there. I mean, they don't have plumbing. There's not a veterinarian, so I mean, these dogs are just running like hyenas. And uh, we had one that we let onto our base, and uh, somebody called their socks. We called their boots. But, boots. Yep, we called it. Yeah, and uh, I remember our one of our first firefights over there. As soon as the dust settled, Nick, I know you were you remember this. The dust settled, and here she comes trotting on through. Like, are you guys gonna keep moving? You've been in the same spot for too long. Like, no big deal. Like to them, that's just a couple of kids uh, throwing a football around on the street. You know, it's a firefight, big deal. So, so Boots uh, had a litter, and um, we all decided, hey, you know, in between firefights, um, because before March fifth, um, we we did not see a ton of action until then. And you know you do anything to pass the time and to and and to put your mind at ease and to, and just just some kind of a refresher, a care package for your brain or your soul, which which is very important over there. And uh, so we decided, all right, well let's send some information out, get some care packages, and get some medicine and raise these puppies. And and um, where we kept the dogs at, or where where the mother kept the dogs at, was right in between. Um, Nick, you remember, it was right in between the building and the first set of shoes, right, like, wrapped around a the corner there. And uh, Justin slept in the building, and I slept in the shoes, and it seemed like we'd always link up there. And like I said, I was new uh, to Charlie Company, so I didn't know a ton of people other than the guys in my team and, and Nick, who I came in with. Um, but that was where Justin and I kind of for, forged a, um, you know, a, a rapport. And, and, and then turn into a bond and a friendship. And then we kind of would, would, and I was nowhere near as close to him as somebody like uh, Wheeler and, and other people. But I, I, I thought the world of him, so I thought the guy was absolutely hilarious. And um, I, I always remember thinking about him, like how can he have a smile on his face 
for 95% of the time he's awake and then go out and get into the shit that we get into out there. I mean, we've been out for four weeks and my dad told me there's, you know, there's stuff that uh, he never knew we even did that he's heard since we've been doing this. I mean, you guys know what it was, but to ma- to maintain that, uh, that comedian that uh, I'm going to talk and you're going to laugh. And he was right. Um, it, it was, it always struck me as just an anomaly of a personality. Like it was, it was, he, he always had a smile on his face. And I remember days where I was just um, full of piss and vinegar and hated being over there and couldn't stand it. It wasn't this, it wasn't that. And you'd run into him and it'd be like, all right, you know, cheer, cheer up. You ain't going home, going home for a while. But um, so we started sending photos home of the dogs and, and I sent some to my parents and I know I, a lot of us did. And uh, it was a puppy in a place of horror. So I think as grown men, even though we didn't want to admit to it, we gravitated towards that innocence. Like, man, you have no idea what it looks like out there, but we're going to keep you here and keep you safe. So you don't have to, and we can keep playing with you and feel like little kids again and kind of, you know, laugh about it. And like I said, you'll take what you can get over there. Um, And uh, as it turns out, um, Rhonda and Skip Rollins, who I'd like to say hello to and give a shout out and thank you for giving me the blessing to tell this story. Those were some of the last photos um, they saw of Justin happy in the lot and and before he passed on March 5th with Dutch. and they decided that, you know, those are the last memories that, that he had. We we want the dog. And I always say the dog, even talk when talking to Rhonda today, I always say the dog because it never had a name uh, uh, until it had a home. So, you know, they were, they were just the pups, you know, we'd go see them. But uh, so they got after it. And after, uh, I, I don't know if it was dozens of phone calls to, to anywhere that could pull a string for them, um, they got an answer at Congressman Hode's office, uh, Congressman New Hampshire. And uh, um, after he put the weight of his commitment to this, uh, um, his commitment won over. And and um, on Memorial Day weekend, 13 years ago, uh, Hero, the, fe- the the pup came home. And uh, I actually talked to Rhonda before this, and I thought that was uh, it was unbelievable that it was actually 13 years ago uh, to this weekend um, that that hero came home, and that's that's the name. And um, in in classic Rollins fashion, there they are sitting in the congressman's office with the press corps, and uh, everybody waiting to, you know put this feel good story on the news and the dog walks in and the first thing it does is squat on the congressman's floor and take a piss. <laughs> so you, you had to think it had a little bit of a Justin soul in it. Cause uh, that, I, I talked to uh, Skip today and we, we had a definitely, definitely had a good laugh over it, but uh, um, that wasn't where, um, and you know, a lot of that story can be told on on the the Animal Plan documentary that I was talking about earlier, and Wheeler's on has a good part in that. But um, uh, that wasn't where the trials and tribulations ended for this dog. The incredible part, if you haven't heard one already, to get a congressman to to pull a congressional and get a Iraqi stray dog like Jason said, or like Wheeler said, he hit the puppy lottery, and uh, 
in 2014 had a house fire. Long story short, Skip and Rhonda came home and the house was burning. And um, they basically were told the dog either got in, got out or it didn't. But uh, a minute later, the a firefighter came, walked by with Hero and um, Rhonda said, you get, the dog still had steam coming off of it and she was dead. Um, she was she was dead to this world, and uh, they requested permission to take the dog to the vet. Um, and uh, um, two minutes later, halfway to the vet, uh, unexplicably, Hero woke up um, from from gone to someone stepped in and said, "No, um, not this dog, not." Um, um, not the last thing that that his parents have to hold on uh, to Justin with. No, not today. And uh, here was 13 and a half years old and still alive to this day. And um, I just I absolutely love that story for them. And um, I know I know uh, Wheeler, you had a huge part in prepping the dog and getting it. I mean, we all were so thrilled to get it there. I remember riding riding in the Humvee thinking, this is like one of the more bomb stretches of road. If something happens and something jumps off right now, please, for the love of God, let the dog make it out okay. And we, you know, we say that lightly, but dead serious, 100% serious, because there's not a, not one of us to the man would have, uh, you couldn't have paid us a sum, in, sum of money in the world to give uh, Ron and Skip bad news again. So, you know, we wanted to do everything we could to get the dog there. And I just thought, it, what, what an amazing story that it made it home and uh, refused refused to go anywhere and is still here to this day. So um, I also, you know, I just wanted to comp compliment and, and tell uh, Ron and Skip, well, if they're, wa if they're watching Ron and Skip Ron's, what amazing people I, I, I think they are. And, and the resolve that it shows to put together um, the, um, Patriot Guard and, and uh, you know, doing a ride for Justin every year. And on the 10th year, they were still averaging in between 200 and 300 bikes 10 years in a row. And Skip ran for state representative and said he'd do it under one condition. He was only working with the VA. So instead of uh, next time you think you're having a bad day, um, these two wonderful people lost their son and did not give up and, and refused to let his legacy go anywhere and put skin in the game and are still fighting for veterans. So um, I salute uh, Ron and Skip and uh, Justin, we love you. Uh, we know you're out there and I'll uh, send it back to you, Nick. Okay. I got you, brother. Wow. Yeah, that's why I got my shades on, guys. I mean, extremely moving. So I'm introducing Jason Wheeler, okay? Um, Jason was part of first platoon. Uh, I personally, you know, all the guys in there, we all shared our moments together, whether it was in the gym or, you know, out of the wire, whatever it may be. But, but, but Jason, you can definitely describe these people. Um, and I'm gonna let you do that. All right. And, and honor them. But before we do that, I just want to send a quick message out to everybody. All right. You know, you're, you're partying, you're drinking this weekend, like have fun with it, but don't be an idiot and get behind the wheel. Okay. The reason I bring this up is because we're honoring our brothers that were fallen, you know, that, that we lost in Iraq, all right? But I specifically want to honor Daniel Booger, okay? 
and I'm going to keep this real short. I'm not going to go into a long soapbox, but he went through the depths of hell in Iraq with us, all right, only to return home and get killed by a drunk driver, literally by a drunk driver in his car. We found out, I think, I think we were Advon or whatever. I found out that following morning at three in the morning, I get a phone call about Danny. Like everybody loved Danny. Danny was charismatic. He was an amazing leader. He was compassionate and funny. And a drunk driver killed him after everything that he went through. So trash talkers, trash talk community, like go have fun, go do your thing, but be smart about it. That's all I got. Mike, over to you, Jason. Thanks for coming, brother. Well, I was I was lucky to get to hang out with Danny. I think he came from either second or third platoon, and he was an awesome addition to first platoon when I when he did come over. So me and him got pretty close over the few months that I got to hang out with him. Uh, I'm uh, I'm gonna share a couple quick words on multiple people, uh, all of which are from first platoon. Some of which I knew better than others, and uh, some of which I wish I knew a little bit more. Justin Estes came with us. Uh, uh, from second platoon with um, um, was a story, and uh, basically he was like the company barber. He's always in good spirits, big guy, very likable. Uh, I didn't get to hang out with him a whole bunch, uh, uh, but but like they said earlier, he left his truck, his safety really, um, when the first truck got blown up that day, and, and uh, he he knew that he was going to help guys, and he didn't know what was going to happen from there, and, and you know what happened, so. Uh, Josh Boyd was the medic on that mission. I didn't know a whole lot about him except for he was former infantry and got out. I think he came back in as a medic after 2001. Uh, he didn't like to shower a whole lot, but he was a, he was a great guy. Uh, so he had the infantry and the medic side. Ryan Bell was uh, the driver that day. Um, any military person knows the cardinal rule. Uh, if his wife's on or ex-wife or ex-fiance's on, <laughs> you might just close your ears. Don't marry a stripper. He, he, he made that mistake. Um, Andrew Perkins, uh, he's probably the nicest person anybody could ever meet in their lives and would do anything for anybody. He was like Estes. He, uh, he was the driver of the second truck. And if you've never been on a patrol, the drivers don't get out of the trucks normally. So he left his truck. He left his position to go try and help Stanley and Bell. And he paid the ultimate sacrifice for it. Corey Costers was new to us in Samara. I uh, found particular pleasure uh, messing with Corey. He was very shy. He was very young. So I would crawl into bed with him and hug him very tightly and tell him I love him and then make him say it back to me. Uh, Arthur, um, a lot of people don't consider the interpreters. Arthur was a uh, uh, local national. He was from Baghdad. He was two months younger than me, and he used to always tell me that he wanted me to come back when things calmed down. We go to Baghdad, we get so many bitches. Uh, Robert Stanley. So, when I first got to Charlie Company, I, I my background is a little bit different than most people in the military. I came to Charlie Company. It was the first platoon I was ever in. It was the only platoon I was ever in, and I held just about position every position in that platoon for eight years while I was there. But Stanley was the first nice person that I met there. Um, Stanley brought me into his room. Five minutes later, Kevin Sheehy kicked me out. Stanley brought me back in. Five minutes later, Kevin Sheehy kicked me out. And that went on for hours the first night until they started making me take double shots of Everclear out of M203 casing. And I don't drink Everclear anymore. Uh, I've had <laughs> mostly good times with Stanley. 
It's not, it's not very bad times with Stanley. He did threaten to shoot me once. And luckily, Bobby Autry was there to stop that from happening because I refused to leave his house until we were on good terms again. Um, Stanley's house was also the go-to party house. I don't know if anyone on here knows Gordon, but uh, Gordo is a very big, strong person. And he uh, he got drunk there towards the, the end of my time in Charlie Company a lot. And we had to tie him down to a chair at Stanley's house because he kept threatening to beat up everybody doing PT in the morning. Uh, the, the notes I printed off earlier are gone now. Stanley also liked to drink like the rest of us. Um, his wife, Jamie, one night thought somebody was breaking into their house and shot him in the hand. <laughs> Stanley was just trying to get in the front door. Uh, he could tell you anything about weapons. He's, again, one of the nicest people in the world. He's part of the reason why First Platoon is what it was. So Stanley was in there from day one. I came in there shortly after. The good thing about First Platoon is that the people that we deployed with were together for so long that it was a very cohesive team. You didn't need to sit there and talk to each other on missions. You knew what everybody was going to be doing, and everybody knew their jobs. It was, it was, it was a very good mentality. It wasn't a whole lot of, hey, what do I do? You just look at somebody, and they knew what the hell was supposed to happen. Um, but with Stanley and then uh, with, with Craig, when he came over, and we'd all been together for so long, it, it, it was very easy transitions. So the last person is Rollins. Rollins was a surprise to me. I wasn't expecting to become a buddy of some uh, private first class when I was in E6. Obviously, that's not the thing that most people are supposed to do. And once he learned that there's playtime and work time, it worked out pretty well. He borrowed money from me. He bought like a Trans Am or a Firebird. I don't remember what it is. I think his brother still got it. He got it stuck down by the Ranger training course like the first week. He kept doing donuts on, uh, was it Long Street? Uh, and then we, we drank a lot. He'd sit there, wait while I was talking to my now wife and play with his nipples so that I could get off the phone and then go drink with him. I think I slapped him once for peeing in a mop bucket. Um, on mission at the North ECP in Samara, he had to use the restroom, and we play jokes. That's why people join the military. They either don't know what they're going to do in life, they have no better option, they're going to go to jail, or uh, some people actually want to really serve their country. But uh, I, don't, I don't. Rollins was serve your country, and mine was uh, I don't know what to do at this point, so I'm going to the military. But he had to use the bathroom, and I told him just stay in eyesight. So he goes out, and he's in eyesight. He chooses to sit on the bumper of the front of the truck and uh, take crap. So I, of course, turn the light bar on, which, if you don't know, is a very bright daytime light, and this is nighttime. And then somebody starts shooting at him. <laughs> so I immediately turn it off, and he pulled his pants up and jumped back in the truck. And, and that's kind of the relationship we had. He fucked with me. I fucked with him. It was fun. I miss him. Uh... Another time we were at uh, OP-13, and if I remember right, that's either, I think that's the, the trench range, and First Sergeant Perez surprised us and got us a GP medium for all of us to sleep in. So we got to eat hot chow that night, and then we all went in there and went to sleep. So this will tell you how, how close people get in the military. If you're cold, you, you hug your buddy's ass. Um, I fell asleep hugging Stanley's ass with my hand in the crick of his knee. And then we woke up together. We were like, oh, this is weird. We went back to sleep. Woke up the next morning, and icicles had formed on the exhaust tubes exiting the tent. And if you 
haven't tried it, grab an icicle and give it to a kid. They're either going to stab you with it or they're going to stick it in their mouth. Rollins stuck it in his mouth, which essentially means he made out with everybody in that tent that night because the, the icicle was formed from all of our brethren. And the last thing I guess I'll say about Rollins is uh, uh, Rhonda and Skip, if you're listening, you might not. Uh, Rollins, <laughs> he won the smallest penis contest. He beat out Craig, who is saved as light switch in my cell phone, which will tell you about the size of his manhood. Uh, minus the manhood down there, Rollins' uh, manhood up here was was top-notch, as were the rest of the guys. Uh, as you can tell, uh, like Nick was talking about, suicide. I think we've had at least three guys from Charlie Company commit suicide. We had Nick and then uh, some of the guys that were even, uh, when I got there, Vines recently committed suicide and Wilson recently committed suicide maybe two, three years ago. Um Choose how to deal with it. If you don't know how to deal with it, talk to your buddies. They'll do anything for you. They absolutely will. Anybody on this page will do anything for anybody they serve with or didn't serve with. Um, if you have the option and you have the mentality, choose to deal with it with humor, which is what I do. Uh, you can laugh about anything, which is what makes the military fun. A lot of times it fucking sucks. But it's what sucks is what's funny. And with that, I'll leave to one time that I just popped into my head that really sucked. We were at a range. We were supposed to walk back to, to the barracks. We ended up not walking back, but we didn't know that. And it rained all fucking night. Craig painted his full body, wrapped his nods around his nutsack, and walked around and cheered everybody up. So it's just about finding the humility in a moment of suck that will change your whole mentality. So if you're in a moment of suck, find out something fucking funny. Talk to your buddies you used to serve with. They're going to make you laugh, or they're going to tell you to shut the hell up and drive down to wherever you're at and beat the crap out of you, and everything will be all right. That's it. Hey, thanks, Jason. That was that was, that was was awesome. Un-freaking believable. Uh, we have stories about these guys, and, God, we love every, we love every single one of them. Uh, we'll have some time here after uh, Beckwith is done, but a question was asked who was the silver surfer by major Johnson, AKA green six. So he's now a surgeon and because he went to the dark side and didn't want to fight anymore, but we, uh, we love him. But yeah, uh, major Johnson, his name is Craig. He's the silver surfer. Uh, he'll, he'd come get you. Well, I have my, a video if you'd like it. <laughs> my favorite story about, uh, Rollins, for me was the first hey youtube detail i got put on in the 82nd was shoot jake out with rollins and i i walk into the hangar and i hear this hey 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 and i look over and it's rollins and he's hiding in the corner and i was like hey man i don't think we're supposed to be doing this bro like we gotta like he's like shut up dude he's like oh me like, you just gotta watch the door and i'm like okay i'm watching the door i don't know what i'm watching for though you know and then I see him go upstairs and we, he's like, hey, come on. You know, so I get up the stairs and we go up three levels of stairs. We're now at the top of the shoot shakeout. And he goes, nobody will walk up here to look for us. We can sit here for hours and they'll be done. And then we can go home. So uh, Ronald got me out of my first crappy detail. But now that we got Buddy Beckwith, he's here. He's with us. He was one of the giants. He was one of the staff sergeants. He was one of the mean guys, guys, and he is here to redeem himself. 
from his last honesty cap and his last performance on the trash talk. But go ahead, buddy. The floor is yours. Well, first of all, um, you kind of screwed me for the honesty cap because uh, you already you already took my Memorial Day honesty cap a little bit. But uh, before I start, um, most of those guys that were uh, were part of the uh, the guys from Samara. Uh, I was in Charlie Company before I left and went over to Bravo. Co- well, went to Korea and then went to Bravo Company uh, when I came back. And uh, and uh, when uh, when I was there, Stan got there. Stan was. Uh, Stan was a new guy, and usually we treated new guys like shit because that's what you do in the army is treat new guys like shit. But Stan was one of those anomalies that, like, you try to treat like shit. No matter how much you try to treat him like shit, he would just kind of laugh. And you were like, well, I guess we don't get to treat this one like shit. And he was a fucking phenomenal dude. And he's one of the dudes that, like, uh, you know, the, the farther I got into my career, Charlie Company, first platoon and second platoon are uh, are basically the base of what I what I learned was a uh, was a team and how a team was supposed to work and how a platoon was supposed to work and uh, the relationship that a uh, a platoon and a uh, a team are are uh, are supposed to have um, and for that like I can't really uh, I can't really say anything but be grateful for it. Um, honesty cap time. So, uh, it's Memorial day weekend and, uh, a lot of them, a lot of veterans get on, uh, Facebook and Instagram and every other freaking Twitter and social media feed. And they bitch and whine and moan about how it's Memorial day and it's not about barbecues and it's not about, you know, laughing and joking. It's about being serious faced and, you know, walking around and being melodramatic about uh, all the guys that you know that you've lost. Um, and I kind of bought into that myself for a little bit. And then I realized one day that uh, every one of the dudes that I know that got killed in Iraq, Afghanistan, um, any other countless countries that uh, that people normally in, the, in America don't think about, all of those dudes liked to barbecue drink and talk shit to each other so why the hell would i like why would you not be happy on a day that is about nothing but thinking of those dudes why would you not celebrate a day that's just about memorializing people that literally love to like we're in we're all in the army have you ever been to an army barbecue it's literally grilled meats and beer and then somebody brings like a can of beans because that's just the thing you're supposed to have and lays it on the grill and basically just marks the end of the barbecue when the beans are charred and nobody's eating them because nobody fucking eat beans. They just eat meat and they don't even eat it off plates because they're animals. They just grab it off the grill. Done. Not done. Salmonella. Who gives a shit? It's just wings. Let's do it. Drank water out of the Tigris. I'm not worried about your salmonella right now. Like, Memorial Day is about celebrating dudes that love to have a good time. Not celebrating the last few minutes of their lives, but celebrating the rest of their lives and what they left behind. And what they left behind was great memories, 
with great dudes that would do anything for them. So just think about that when uh, when you're at your barbecue and you're trying to have a pity party for yourself and feeling bad. Those dudes wouldn't fucking feel bad. They'd be having a great time with their families and their friends. They'd be drinking a beer and maybe taking a second or two, a couple minutes to stop. Think about those guys, take a swig, and then carry on with your fucking life. Happy Memorial Day. Hey, thanks, buddy. I'm telling you what, that was lights out. Uh, you, you redeemed yourself. We're still not going to pay you, though. Uh, you're an unpaid intern. You're getting all the experience that you need and want for a life, like a star like me. And you'll get there one day. You are my star. I'm your star now. I, I, I will take that role on for you. Uh, now with, uh, with Jason, uh, Rhonda came on on the thread and said, thanks, I didn't need to know all of that. So she learned some, she, she learned some more and, uh, you know, we, we love her and I'm, we're glad she's watching. And does anybody have any other stories about those guys? Uh, Coster, like Jason mentioned, I think Coster's because we were the same rank and we played poker together and he was a, just a great kid, just awesome, you know, and, I love I love talking about these guys. It's my therapy. Uh, you know, like I said, the story I told today, I told three people the whole story. People know bits and pieces of it, but I, only three people in my entire life that I told that story to. So cheers, guys. Uh, please share a couple more stories. Uh, we got a couple minutes left. Uh, if you know any about any of the guys. Hey, just uh. I don't, I don't have a story queued up, but um, just for our bro for our brothers that are watching, uh, if you were on patrol base Olson, um, I raise my glass to you. What's up, Carlos Chilton? Hope ho hopefully you uh you're tuned in and like what you see. Okay, yeah. Uh, like I said, come on our page, guys. Put put people on there that we can drink to this weekend. Let everybody read their stories. We're getting the following. We're uh, and it's great. Keep coming on there, and we'll send it to Dave now, and uh, he's gonna he's gonna take it home. Hey, I got one more story if you want to hear it. I'll send it. So, so you guys know Corey Maracek. He died in the Afghanistan deployment. So, so here's here's a quick story. Corey Maracek turns out to be my second cousin. I didn't know he was my cousin until I met him the night before we deployed. We met at Bennigan's, had some drinks, had some dinner, and then he was killed with Lestro, Kenny, and those guys about a month and a half later. So the veteran community is a very, 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 very small world. So just to reiterate, talk to your buddies, talk to your brothers, talk to your friends. There's no need for anybody to go alone, feeling down. That's about it. Thanks, brother. And, and, and like you alluded to just now, that's what this page is about. Um, I'm going to read you guys a quick message that I got the other day on uh, Messenger. I can't share his name. He does want to come on the show eventually, possibly. He's got like some startup going on business-wise, um, but he's he didn't want me to mention his name. He does know that I'm reading this message, though. Um, hey, Trenton, just wanted to hit you up. It's been a while, brother. I think it's awesome what you and the old 2P crew are doing and the community guys are building. 
When I got out back in 2010, I figured it was the best choice of my life, especially with family and all. Well, I learned real quick, shit isn't greener on the other side. Moving back to a small town, blah, 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 was nice at first, but after a while, I truly missed the brotherhood and I started going through some dark times. Nobody can relate around here or even understand the shit we witnessed overseas. It was rough, man. I just think it's great you guys created this community for vets to come on and let off some steam. I don't really post much, but I'm constantly laughing my ass off and it feels good to be surrounded by brothers and sisters who are like-minded. Anyhow, work is calling. Take it easy, brother. And that's the type of shit that we're here for. So go ahead. Hey, keep supporting us. And I'm going to have you on. I'm not going to say your name, but you are coming on this show. All right? We appreciate the message. But keep supporting us. Go ahead and subscribe on YouTube, Instagram. Um, keep sharing the crap out of our page, okay? This is what it's all about. It's, it's creating that community so we can just all come out here and let loose, okay? Merch is coming soon. Veteran Trash Talk, all right? Um, and that's all I got. Great show, guys. Okay, yeah, one last thing. Uh, we finally linked up with Stop Suicide, StopSoldierSuicide.org. Right, so we're, a bunch of our sales are going to go to them. And so, like I said, when you support us, when you share us, you give more advertisement, free business advertisement for our brothers and sisters. And the more you buy, the more that we send money to StopSoldierSuicide.org. Uh, that's who we're going to link up with. So, remember, stay on. Please stay on. Watch the video that was made for the guys we were talking about. It's a beautiful video. And grab a Kleenex box while you're watching it. Uh, that's how you can send it.